0: Judd Apatow just went on Joe Rogan's podcast. He just goes on your podcast and said, you know who the funniest guy is that I've ever seen live? It's Gary Owen. And Joe Rogan never expanded on it. I figured he'd have me on the show by now.
1: No, what I'm uh, saying. Okay, I got it. I got I was it. I like
0: this. It. I've never been invited? Got the guy just told you who the funniest guy is on the it. planet. And you're like, didn't even want to have him on?
2: I do a big, 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 big I'm coming to win. I do a big, big, big say it again. I do a big, 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 i
0: Get some real Haul and Oats, <laughs> Tina Marie, in this bitch, Jack Harlow. Talk about nothing but white athletes here on White, white Wednesday. Mike, come on.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, on the big podcast with Shaq is one of my personal, dear, good friends, one of the funniest comedians I know. He's so funny, I went up to him one day when he didn't know me and I said, Talk about me. And he looked up like, like I was going to beat him up or something. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> say hello to Gary. What's for up, real? brother? You remember that? That's how we first met? No. You was at the comedy store one day, and you were so funny. And you said one joke about me, but you didn't you, you didn't keep it going. So I said, hey, man, talk about me. He's like, for real? I said, bro, talk about me. Talk about my mama. Do whatever. Oh, you're...
0: wow, wow. Hey, you got a good memory.
1: <laughs> I, I, okay, so I need your help. We're going to watch a, a clip of what Charles Barkley said about me. And I need you to hit him with four or five. Ugly jokes, because he said I was ugly. Here's the clip right here.
0: Do you think the Shaq is sexy? The hell no. <laughs> the hell no. Because Shaq thinks the Shaq is sexy. You Shaq, know that,
1: right? First of all, so Shaq <laughs> came to work about a month ago. And there's an article came out that he was the ninth sexiest ball man. And in we're the, like. In the world? Yeah, yeah, in the world. He's ugly. <laughs> But it, he said it was GQ magazine, uh-huh. and he was bragging about it. And then we did a little did, did a little research. If it, it was South Africa, GQ. <laughs> First of all, he's ugly in South Africa and America. All right, so help me out. Go ahead, respond to Charles Barkley for me.
0: No, but you are ugly, so I agree with him. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what I'm saying about stand-up. you got to go a direction you're not expected to go. Hold on. Hold hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Cameraman, get a close-up. And I want to vote from the people. Am I ugly? (laughs) I don't think I'm ugly. I don't think I'm ugly.
0: (laughs) No, you're not. You're not ugly.
1: (laughs) But my response to that is I don't want Charles Barkley talking about my beauty. I don't. I don't want Charles saying I'm attractive. But just... I don't save that. Save that. Save that for somebody else.
0: Yeah, save it for Dwight Howard.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm not going. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: That's your response to Charles. There you go, Shaq. You're welcome. <laughs>
1: Okay, so for those who don't know who you are, because I heard the comment you said about Joe Coy. You know, a lot of people said he, he bombed when he hosted the Golden Globe. And that pissed
0: me off. The people that said he bombed were I, – because I, I got online and I, I looked it up, and I'm always curious when one of my – what I consider my contemporary steps out of their comfort zone to do something like that. I was rooting for Joe. And at the same time, I wanted to see how he would react when they were going to get uptight. Because at one point, there's no way he was going to go out there and just destroy like he's used to with his fans. It's an uptight crowd, so I wanted to see how he was going to dig Very out. Very
1: uptight. Oh,
0: beyond, and they don't know him, so they're like, "How dare you speak of me?" You know what I mean? And uh, so I, I really watched it. And when I watched all the critiques, it's people were just like, "Going in, he's just not funny. Don't ever have him back." Da-da-da-da. And I was like, you people have never been to a stand-up show. He's funny. Yeah, you don't know what goes into this. He's funny as shit. And honestly?
1: Because you got to understand, I'm not sensitive. And I love to laugh. See, the reason why I did Shaq's Comedy All-Star because, you know, it was a, you know, a, a time where Def Comedy Jam had left, and there was no space for you guys. So, you know, me and, me and my friend Jeff Clannigan, we put together Shaq's Comedy All-Stars that you blessed a few times. But I love to laugh. You know, when people say funny things about me, I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to jump in your DM and be mad. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do comedians get upset when other comedians talk about
0: them? No, we act like like we do. We act like we do. We get upset when you steal our jokes.
1: All right. You know, I was I was just getting ready to, to 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 get into that because ever since Cat Williams said what he said, yeah, and I'm not disputing what he said, but you know, the internet detectives showed his gas station joke, and they showed Steve Harvey's joke. So if you say my shirt is green and then I come back and say your shirt is aqua blue, am I really stealing your joke?
0: See, that's the thing. We don't really know. Our minds think alike, but you don't really know. I I was in that era. I was at the comedy store when when Cat was closing with that hoopty joke. He played the Biggie song. He flicked the guy off. I mean, I remember seeing it. He closed with that every show. And then i also remember Cedric doing the spaceship joke at the same time.
1: So if you take the joke and in your mind you make it better. But see, see to me, when you say still a joke, I, I, I'm thinking word for word. But if no, you, you say something premise. funny. Premise. Okay, got it. Got, you okay.
0: still a premise.
1: Okay, so y'all get upset if you steal somebody's premise.
0: Yep. But some uh, people take it a little too. Here's the thing. Some people take it a little too far. You know, Scrancho.
1: Oh, I love Scrancho.
0: Okay. So Scrancho's boys hyped him up to tell him one time I stole one of his jokes. And Scrancho's being cool about it. He's being diplomatic. But all, they did, all I did was I brought somebody on stage. And Scrancho used to bring somebody on stage back in they and t- did a joke, right? Well, I actually had a heckler. So I said, come on stage and we can do the dozens, so to speak. And then his, I guess Scrancho's boys at the time, keep in mind this is like late 90s, they said, Man, get across of my own stage. Like that's what I stole. <laughs> I pulled Scrancho aside I go, What? I go, Dude, our comedy is so different. It doesn't make any sense. And Scrancho was cool about it. He goes, Yeah, I could see that. I go, No, I brought somebody on stage. But at that time, we were going up only Monday nights at the improv. So you kind of knew. If scruncher went up, he was going to bring somebody on stage. I, I don't remember the joke. But that's what he did. It just so happened. I had a heckler one night. I brought the guy on stage to play the duns with. But his boys, all they saw was somebody coming on stage.
1: So did he try to fight you?
0: His boys tried to gas him up, but I pulled him aside and calmed him down. But what backed him off was, what really backed him off was, I, I was living with, uh, I don't know if you remember, Face. The, that was, that was oh, my yeah, roommate.
1: Face, yes. I remember, I remember Face. Yeah. yeah nobody nobody
0: crossed Face. face. So when Face was with me when this happened, Scrancho's boys kind of went, oh, we didn't know you were with him. Because <laughs> I remember Face called him out. He goes, hey, don't you ever accuse my boy of stealing nothing. Like Face got, Face got in their ass a little bit. And then when Scrancho saw Face, he was like, oh, I didn't know you was with Face either. And then that kind of, that's what really squashed it. And if people don't know Face, Face was like that dude in the late 90s in L.A.,
1: so so for me, being a basketball player, I stay in my lane. I know I'm very competitive. I didn't know other entities were, were so competitive. The funniest com- comedic beef i seen was on the Corey Holcomb show where Aries Spears, I think he fought the guy Alonzo Smith. Now, see, I didn't know it went like that. See, Aries, I'd known Aries for a while. When the guy was getting serious saying, shut the fuck up. See, Aries being a comedian thought he was playing. And then the guy just hauled up. Like, that was the first time I really, you know, seen some Like, like you hear a lot of stuff. of There's beef. But I didn't really know that you guys had beef.
0: Well, that's the first time I've ever seen it get that far on air. You know what I mean? I I, I think as a comedian, you go on to another comedian's podcast, you think you're safe. Like, we could talk all the shit we want. To me as a comedian, you should never be offended. Don't get in this business if you're going to be offended. So I've been through a divorce. If I'm with you and we're bagging on each other, if you bring up my divorce, I, what am I going to get my feelings now? No, that's what we signed up for. Good point. You know what I mean? So I, don't, I, didn't, I thought if you're going to jump somebody like that on a podcast, I'm like, I'm like I don't want to work with you again. <laughs> I never want to work with that guy that hit Aries. I'm like, oh, you, you shouldn't be in the game. You shouldn't be in this business. It'd be like you guys in the NBA get mad at every reporter that's critiquing you.
1: You know what I mean? Speaking of reporters, did you see my boy Stephen A. Goff? Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't hear it, here's what he said.
3: <laughs> There's a few things going on in the world of sports that need to be addressed. A fat bastard that has gotten away for far too long talking his bullshit. You wanted some? Fine. I'm happy to give it to you, you piece of
1: Stephen A., Stephen a. So Stephen a gets the golf, golf clap because you, you know why I'm, I'm gonna tell you why he gets the golf clap wasn't really paying attention to What he said, I wish I could do that sometimes and I, I don't do it because my mother is a church-going lady and You know growing up early up. I, I, I put her through a lot and then once I decided to stay focused and you know fulfill my dreams She was very proud. So for me Making her proud, making her smile, making her say, "Baby, I'm proud of you." I let a lot of stuff slide, but I've I've been wanting to go on rants like that since since the early ninety two thousand living in L A. But I'm glad he did it. I don't think it's over, you know, Jason. We're like I know he's going to have something to say, and and as a fan, I'm going to just sit back and watch it because it's you know even though those two are serious, serious it's still comedy to me.
0: Oh, it's great! It's the best of Stephen A.'s cliffhanger. He goes in and goes, yeah, that's next on the Stephen A. Smith show. Don't you change that dial. Or no, don't you dare. Don't so you I, dare change that dial. And I, then he goes into like, then he goes into an ad. The girl comes into the room. Hey, this is your book on paperback. I was you like, know what? I'm a, what's
1: I'm that? A, I'm going to have the producer of my, of my show do some homework. I want to know how many times he said fat bastard.
3: I know, right? I know. A fat bastard. Um, He is the person that I directly allude to as that fat bastard. We'll deal with the fat bastard himself. I never uttered the words fat bastard out of my mouth until a few months ago. To the fat bastard. I was wrong to call him a fat bastard.
1: (laughs) 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 Dang. He said that so many times so. so, Fat bastard. So now I'm wondering if he's gonna have problems with the uh, diet people. Get started on your resolutions with Factor. So you're ready for the new year. Factors Ready to Eat Meal Delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in 2024. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered night to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie, smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, and you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Fact is, two-minute meals are your secret weapon this year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered right to your door. So skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Great chef-crafted restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. Factor also has cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during the frantic times. So head to factormeals.com B-I-G-F-A-C-T-O-R 50. That's factorymills.com big factor 50 and use the code big factor 50 to get 50% off that's code big factor 50 at factorymills.com big factor 50 to get 50% off i heard what you said about uh, joseph Coy. you made a lot of sense joe Coy? yeah joe Coy. but how those people don't know him
0: because they live in a bubble they, they're not going to stand up they're not like a connoisseur of stand-ups they're probably not getting on youtube right. They're not going out. So they don't know who's selling tickets and who's not. So they're just, they're just, they're not getting who's famous to after they've been famous. You know what I mean? So everybody in that room, they're like,
1: we don't know Is all that Hollywood shit true? Boys, b- booty, meetings and all that?
0: I don't know if it's true. I got hit on. I ain't, I'll tell you off air who hit on me.
1: This Illuminati shit, I ain't in it. No I don't ain't.
0: know if the Illuminati is real. I just, I don't know if that's real or not. I can't. I am in the business. I'm like, I've never seen no nobody trying to get me in a cult or anybody new got in a cult.
1: I owe you an apology. <laughs> Please. I I wanna apologize for firing you off of upload. <laughs> Did do, do you know I got fired? I fired you. Shut up. Bro, it was my show.
0: Did you fire me? You
1: Yes. Motherfucker. Why? Why'd you fire me? Because the guy that does the uh, the skateboard guy, what's his name?
0: Skateboard guy? Yeah,
1: the one that has all the, the damn uh, bloopers. Tony Hawk? No, no. He has a show on uh, MTV.
0: Oh, Rob Deirdre.
1: Yeah, so Rob Dearden, I guess he owns the rights to mostly all the good clips, and we weren't getting good clips. So the show was cool, but it wasn't cool enough. I actually was trying to compete with his show. But he owns the rights to all the good clips, and they were sending us to BS Why'd you fire out? me, though? Because I had to fire you first before I fired myself.
3: Oh, my God. All right, so the incredible thing about doing a podcast with you, Shaq, is that it's not just talking to a former basketball player. I'm talking to one of the greatest businessmen that's ever lived. And one of the sponsors of our show, Zip ZipRecruiter, uh, wants to kind of take what you've learned in life and teach people. And they want to do a, a segment called The Big Assistant. So I, I have some questions for you that maybe it can help people. Again, shout out ZipRecruiter. How many assistants do you currently have?
1: Over 20.
3: Holy moly.
1: And that's because my favorite word in life is delegation. I want to do a podcast, damn, damn, call my boy Shane. I want to do a podcast, damn, damn, call my boy Adam. You always have to delegate. And I learned delegation by winning championships. No individual can win a championship by themselves unless you're playing an individual sport. But the things I do are not individual sports. Running JCPenney is not an individual sports. Having ownership in Forever 21 is not an individual sport. Like I'm here, I have to assign somebody to to do that. So delegation is my favorite word. Second favorite word is trust. Like if I'm gonna tell you that Shane, you, you run the podcast, you set it up, you call the people, I have to trust you. And the last thing is do not micromanage. I don't micromanage nobody that works, and I don't like to use the term works for me, nobody that works with me. I never micromanage. So they may call me and say, hey, 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 what do you think? I say, handle it. That's what I pay you to do, so you handle it. So, you know, I I love to delegate and I love to have people uh, give them access to the right side of my brain so they could do things that I want to get accomplished.
3: Shaq, how, how do you deal with business owners or people that think they can do everything. I know you just, you kind of broke it down to us why it's important, but how often do you have to deal with that?
1: You know, a lot of people think and feel they could do everything is because, you know, based on experiences. Like sometimes if you delegate to the wrong people and you, your outcome is not favorable, then sometimes you have to say, you know, I'm gonna do it myself. But I trust everybody that I, I, I delegate to. So, you know, again, if I am you know wanna wanna open up a gym, I'm gonna call my boy Rock. If I want to open up a, a boxing gym, I'm gonna call Alicia Baumgartner, and you know, delegate those those topics or those practices that I, I you know want people to do. It. Listen, to each his own. I uh, I rather focus on what I know. What I know is basketball. What I know is music. What I know is how to have fun. Am I a smart businessman? Yes, but I rather align myself with people that are smarter.
3: All right, last one. Shout out again to ZipRecruiter. They're trying to help people hire so they can build their businesses. When you realize that you've delegated and the person can't do it, how quickly do you go, I need to find someone who can?
1: When I delegate to somebody and I find out that they can't do it, I always give them three chances. Because guess what? I can't do it either. So you're on my team. We're going to figure out together. Like, you know, when I first came in, I can't beat Mike. Hey, man, we're going to draft Chris Webber. No, don't don't draft Chris Webber. I need this Penny Hardaway cat. Damn, we still can't beat beat Mike. Hey, Horace Horace Grant, he don't like being over there at the Bulls. Bring him over. Now we beat Mike. So, you know, I trust you to delegate for you. You don't figure it out. That's okay. Maybe we can figure it out together. We're a team now, and we get it done. But I always give a person three chances. Like like I told my boy yesterday, and I'm probably gonna have to fire him out this. I said, hey, come get this old treadmill and get rid of it. He takes it around the corner from my house and dumps it in somebody else's yard. <laughs> That's what he does. He takes it around the corner and dumps it in somebody, not the back of the yard, in the front of the yard on the main street. So when I drove by this moment, I was like, Is that my fucking trade bill that I just told my boy to get rid of? (laughs) So, Rock, your ass got (laughs) to (laughs) go.
3: Third chance. Sorry.
1: ZipRecruiter lets you post jobs for free before you commit, so you can see how effective it is in helping you hire. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to the exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash B-I-G. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Trust me. I use it myself
0: okay let me tell you let me tell you why I was so salty about that show I can we could talk about it now because it's ten years later because I had a I had Godfrey on my podcast to clear the air because there was people thought we had tension we had tension, we were there a little bit why I't you remember we was always like getting on each other's nerves, and I always that said, was real yeah, and I told him I was like,
1: okay, was that like a comedy thing like you know two no, athletes no we were in really getting center? on each other's
0: nerves and I always said to him I said. I have nothing bad to say about Godfrey. I go, he's never done nothing to me. Seems like a cool dude. Good comic. I was like this. So I got nothing bad to say about him. I said, it's just one of those things where at that time, for whatever reason, we were getting on each other's nerves. And you can't say why.
1: I thought y'all were just messing around. I, I thought that's what, you know, comedians do. No, I mean, it just... is what I mean, because I know that's what, you know, athletes do. Like, you know, like we're in the same club and you're in the section and you bring out one bottle, I'm bringing out four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring out six, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, bringing out ten.
0: No, it wasn't that's like crazy. that. Like I said, it wasn't that. But here's why I was so salty about that show is a couple reasons. And here's why you should be proud of that show. I'll give you two different things. One, I had a deal at Fox, Right. So when Clanigan called me and asked me to audition for your show and I got on it, I had to sign the deal with True TV. And my manager was like, are you sure you wanna sign this? Because we're going to pitch your sitcom. And if you sign this, then we gotta get permission for them to do your sitcom. And I was like, it's True TV. I go, they're gonna fall back if we get a show. And I said, I'm gonna go with the guarantee thing. I rolled the dice. We go pitch my show at Fox. Fox picks it up in the room. Only time it's ever happened to in my career. We're happy to pitch. And she goes, you're welcome. We're good. No, hold on. This is why hold that. You're welcome. So we're in production for my show. True TV won't fall back to second position. They're like, no, they got to work around our schedule. And I'm like, what? You're welcome. So Fox, Fox said, oh, we don't negotiate with True TV. So I lost the sitcom but I got on your show, right? You're welcome. Your show goes.
1: Did I pay you very well? It was good. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So when the, when the one guy, there was one producer there who just wasn't feeling my stand up. I knew it when the day I met him, he's the one that brought Godfrey on. He did not feel me. And he's the one that we got the email from saying shows moving in a different direction. Uh, so we're going to move on from Gary. So at that point I went, damn, I lost the sitcom, and then I got fired off the show that I lost the sitcom from. But I was like, that's life. It happens in this business. But here's the thing about that show that nobody realizes. Do you realize I only did eight shows, right? We had Tiffany Haddish before anybody knew Tiffany Haddish like that. We had Ali Wong before anybody knew Ali Wong. We had Michelle Buteau. Because
1: that's what I do. I love comedy.
0: Well, I say we... I don't know who picked the talent. If you picked those comedians,
1: bro, this is what I do. Shaq Shaq All Star Comedy Jam was all me. Because remember, because remember, back in our day, Monday was the improv, Tuesday was the comedy store. Mm-hmm. Joe Torre did uh, a Chocolate Sundays. Remember that?
0: Chocolate Sundays was at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, the la- it was so Sunday Monday I was,
1: Tuesday. I was at all those spots. Yeah, yeah. Me and good old Uncle Jerome, we was at all those spots.
0: Yeah, we had a. Uh, but that sh- I look back at that show and I go, boom. Now you don't know this. One of the comedians we had on that show, she tried to create this false narrative about me that I was some male chauvinist and she went on YouTube and was like, this is the time I did upload and Gary Owen tried to be, uh, I don't. it's on there. It's on YouTube. She tried to create this false oh, narrative. Man. I don't even know. She never made it. So she went at me like trying to get her f- more five minutes of fame. And I go, wait, wait, wait. wait. Everything we did on that show, we put everybody aside. I was like, hey, go in on me, or I'll say something to set you up to make you funny. We did. Huh?
1: We did. Yeah,
0: so she she did one where I was like, you was asking something, what video's better, Gary or Godfrey's? And I I don't know, I made a comment like, uh, I can't remember, It it was definitely a comment like you got a better chance of sleeping with somebody if you pick his video, and then she made a comment towards me. But it was very fun, I thought, on the show. Man, like five, six years later, people were like tagging me on Twitter, like, yo, this girl's trying to get you quote unquote canceled, saying you're a male chauvinist because of this stuff. And I'm going, what is she talking about? I looked at it and I go, This was a TV show. Like this was scripted. But I was like, that was we was all backstage talking, like, hey, whatever I say, come at me and kill me. That was that made the show funny. You want the guests to shine.
1: Question. And I, I think I know the answer to this. And I hope I'm not offending anybody. Is there a difference between white comedy and black comedy?
0: Without question.
1: So you do black comedy?
0: I, this is what I say about no, comedy. No,
1: you do black comedy. Don't even try that. Bro, I've been knowing you yeah, for... You right. Yeah. you right. you right. <laughs> You're right.
0: But I always say this, too. You don't choose your audience. They choose you. I can't be like, I'm going to do comedy for black people, and black people are going to come out and see me. That's not up to me.
1: No offense to the white comedians. I've only seen two white guys at the comedy store kill. You and Honest John. You remember Honest, honest John? John?
0: Well you took it back.
1: You remember honest John? Here's
0: the crazy part about Honest John. When I first got to the to LA in like the late nineties, right, I thought, God, that guy's old, right? He looked old. And now then I Looked him up in his age. I go, yeah, I'm the age of Honest John right now. When I first got to L.A., I was like, I hope nobody's showing up to L.A. going, dang, Gary, old.
1: <laughs> he did a joke one time. You, 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 you remember that Suge Knight joke he did? Which one? So he came in the store one day. He said, man, I miss Suge Knight. The motherfucker tried to intimidate me, so I wasn't intimidated, so I went to the motherfucker. The motherfucker take me in the back room, and they pee in a cup, and Sugar was like, drink that piss, and I was like, shit, put some ice in that motherfucker. Yeah,
0: yeah. You can't just tell me to drink piss. You got to put ice cubes in it first.
1: (laughs) So you and him are the only people that I've seen kill and destroy a predominantly African-American crowd. Like... When you first got into comedy, like did you did you start off with your people and then bring it over to my people? I mean, well, you know how'd that work out for you?
0: Well when I first started, I was in San Diego, I was in the Navy and my first time, Oh you were in the, in the Navy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did six years. Stop it. When I, well, I bet you when we first met, I was still active duty. I didn't get out to ninety eight. You were in the navy. I was on Comic View and in the Navy at the same time. I was stationed in San Diego and I would drive up to LA for my spots and then go oh, back I'll down be on the Navy
1: Base. Huh? That's what i like about you, Web. I've been knowing you twenty years and I'm just now finding out you're in the Navy.
0: Yeah, I was in the Navy, bro.
1: You got I, a wire I guarantee on you, you. When
0: we met, I had to be in the Navy active because I
1: didn't get out. Do you have a wire on you or something? Hold no. on, bro. You, I was you, in the Navy. you married to a, you, you were married to a young lady that used to work for me. Twism. Yes, at Twism. Yeah. Have,
0: I was salty when that went away, cause man, I used to get some gift bags.
1: Oh yeah, you did. I you was twismed.
0: I, I would go uh, to the I warehouse. You, you I, wasn't I, there. Hey, She'd be I, like, Shaq ain't here. I'm the only one here. Yeah. And I'd be in there like, "Gang of shit. I don't know <laughs> if you had cameras. <laughs> you, you supplied Christmas? Christmas in 98? I didn't spend
1: a dime. What, what, what color shirt you like? I get it. Yeah, that was a that was long time. Th- so how'd y'all meet it anyway? Comedy store. For real?
0: You talking about my ex? Yeah. Comedy store. She came out one night. Uh, to
1: the I know how she got you too with all that motherfucking Indian curly hair and we got oh, yeah. and the motherfucking baby hairs. The motherfucking baby hairs was hitting, wasn't it? Yeah, she
0: was a stunner. <laughs> she was a stunner. But what I remember though, and I don't know if you remember this, I met her for lunch at, at your Twism offices in Compton back in the day. And I remember you came to get her to go to a meeting at Sony. She was telling me we were going to Sony. And you had two guys in the truck. You pulled up the, whatever you had the Superman emblem in the front. Uh,
1: A suburban probably, yeah.
0: And um, one guy was in the front, and she st- I was like, "And keep in mind, I'm, I'm in my car watching this go down, and she's sitting like this, and she won't get in the truck, and I was like, what is going on? And then your dude got out and got in the back seat, and she sat in the front, and I was like, so I called her that night. I go, what was going on when Shaq picked you up? She goes, his boy was in the front. His boy wasn't doing shit, and I said, you ain't treat me like one of your hoes. She so, was like, if exactly you're going to take exactly me to a meeting, exactly I'm sitting in, in the front seat. Yes, and she, she was, said your boy was like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. And he was like, just get in the back.
1: Yeah, get in the back.
0: <laughs> she was like this. And then your boy got out like a little kid, slammed the door, got in the back seat.
1: She did not hold her tongue. No Yeah, minute. trust me. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> I tried to leave her 10 years ago. I was scared. <laughs> I asked her once if we get a divorce. She goes, "No, we ain't." I said, right, "I guess I'll stick this out then."
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you see what? Did you see what Pat Riley in the Miami he did? Uh uh-uh. uh So apparently, Eric Spoelstra has been going through a divorce. So his divorce got final, and then a couple of days later, they made him one of the highest paid NBA coaches ever.
0: Hysterical! Yes. Oh, that's yeah, definitely into the front office. Yeah,
1: everybody's talking about it on social media. I, I I don't think they did that on purpose, but if they did, that's a hell of a chess. Well,
0: that's, that's where you go to the attorneys and you've been through a divorce. I've been through a divorce and you say, you, you put in the divorce. Yeah, she's getting this amount, but she's not entitled to any future earnings. Right. That's what, you, <laughs> hey, I ain't saying say I'm just trying to help everybody with some game out here. <laughs> <laughs> you overpay, but then you know, if something's coming down the pike, you say, this is it though. Yep. We divorced on January 1st. 2024 if that's the case you say that's it everything before that you're entitled to but everything after we're good have you ever seen gary owen yes
2: i was talented uh doing a set i was playing bonnaroo and i wanted to go on the night before to warm up and i went to zany's in nashville and and he's there and i hadn't seen him before and i did a set and uh you know it was okay it wasn't very good it was just fine and then he gets on i don't i've never heard louder laughs i've never heard louder laughs me and my manager jimmy miller sat in the back of the room and we were like what is happening and then we start really paying attention going how funny is this guy like like, like listening to the material like is this good material or <laughs> is he pandering or what is it and then we're like wait a second his material's incredible <laughs> like he is awesome and it was the biggest laughs i've ever heard he had a sustained like killing the crowd, you know, where the place is just rocking and moving He's up a and white down. white guy
3: that does a lot of black shows, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, he went a full 20, 25 minutes at 10 before he slowed it down and had to slow it down or he was going to kill these people. <laughs> and I swear, I thought, I don't know if I'm in the same business as this guy. Like, is this what we're
0: supposed to do?
1: So when you hear stuff like that, how does that make you feel?
0: Uh, honestly, Frustrated.
1: Wow, dude just gave you a compliment.
0: He gave me compliment, but nothing came of it. I Here's my thing.
1: Stop being got, sensitive, man.
0: If you, the, My thing is like this. If you got someone like Judd Apatow. You... Listen, it, it's a, I'm flattered, but listen. Judd Apatow just went on Joe Rogan's podcast. You who, has,
1: who has 190 million views.
0: That's what I'm going to get at.
1: And he said your if name. You
0: have Judd Apatow, who's basically done one of the best, like, as far as turning stand-ups into translating into movies, one of the best out there.
1: That's right? not true, because I don't, I don't know who that guy is. Judd Apatow? I've never seen that guy before in my life.
0: He's behind the scenes.
1: Okay, got it. 40-year-old yeah. virgin. Oh, okay, so he uh, writes, what he else? writes. Okay, got it, give okay. him Give okay, him all well, his credits. Well, no, no, what well, yeah, okay, got it, okay.
0: Yeah, Steve Carell, Seth Rogen, all them guys. Um, he just goes on your podcast and said, you know who the funniest guy is that I've ever seen live? is Gary Owen. And Joe Rogan never expanded on it. He literally said, that's the white guy does the Black Rooms, and then moved on.
1: Yeah, but you don't need to expand on it. For example, Michael Jordan's great players ever. That's it. LeBron James, greatest player ever. Shaq, most dominant ever. Kobe, greatest player. You don't need to expand on it. Like, that title right there, he just gave it up to you. Because I've been to about 58 shows. I've, I've never. All right. So I, I gave you. I, get you, I've,
0: I figured he had me on the show by now. That's no, what I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay, I got it, I got it. I, was I like this. It. I've never been invited? The like, guy just told you who the funniest guy is got on the planet, it. and you like, didn't even want to have him on?
1: I, well, I'll tell you what, after this drops, because we're going to uh, make that make that a, a short <laughs> segment. So I, I, I've seen you perform about 50 times. Never seen you bomb. You are so good that I don't, I don't know if comedians work on material or if it's all freestyle. I've seen you do your things, and if a joke don't hit and somebody heckles you, you go off. Mm-hmm. Is that instinct or is that something that you have to practice
0: no it, that's instinct to to just be in the moment that's all instinct um, I've, but I've never I always knew I was a stand up from jump like a little kid I knew I was like I'm gonna be a stand up. I, I remember sitting in class in like eleventh grade looking around the room going, "You guys don't even know who's in your room right now like you have no idea who's in your class." <laughs> like, I used to tell girls, and they'll tell you, any girl that went to high school with me that I asked out, that said no, I was like, all right, I'm going to make it. You know what? Telling you.
1: Me too. Same thing. We had
0: our high school San Antonio
1: Cole, yeah, all the girls that said no. How you like me now? (laughs) Right. (laughs) How you like me now?
0: Exactly. I remember our our high school quarterback went to Miami of Ohio to play football, and we was at some – you know how you graduate your senior year and – Basically, that summer, you're just doing parties all summer. And I went to one party. We was on this back deck, and this girl was like, Wentz, when you go to NFL and you're big and famous, are you going to forget about us? And I go, why are you asking him? I'm going to be big and famous. I'm living in a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got no direction in my life. I said, why are you asking him?
1: <laughs> Listen, I, I, I think I'm funny. I, I, I would never do comedy because, you know, in basketball, if you miss the first shot, get another 10, you get another 10. I can miss four or five shots and then get it going. I've seen a lot of guys that when that first, second, and third joke don't hit, it's over. So Mm -hmm. what gives you the confidence to say, you know what, I'm never going to bomb?
0: I don't know, man. I just, I trust myself on stage more than anybody else. And I can, I feel like I can go after anybody. I can, if even if it's your show, I feel like I can go after you. I just know I'm going to have to work. It's not gonna, sometimes you get on stage and the crowd's just in the pocket and they're laughing at everything. And then sometimes if you're following strong comics, you, gotta, you get up there and you're like, all right, they might be a little flat, but eventually I'm gonna get them. Cause even that clip you showed, Judd Apatow, a month later, he called to do one of his shows. He does the Largo off of La Cienega every month, does these benefit shows.
1: Oh, you just said nothing came about. And, and
0: no, no, I'm talking about nothing as far as like, no, but he called Joe you, Rosen right? Podcast. He did.
1: Bro, you over there bitching for nothing.
0: You're right. You're right. I can admit when I'm wrong, it happens. All right. You think you... It's fine. I'm just... Okay. A little bit came of it. <laughs> <laughs> you think it... A little bit. It'd be like an NBA player going, I just saw the greatest player ever and he got a 10-day contract. Ain't nobody going to sign me? That's true. That's
1: true. <laughs> you, think if, you think if you wrote 15 minutes for me, I could, I, I, I could be successful?
0: Nope. I can't write for other people. For me? I don't think I could write for you. You think I'm funny? You know what? You're funny. But I don't, the stand-up's a different beast.
1: No, no, no. Am I funny or not?
0: You're funny, but I don't know if you can do
1: stand-up. Funny how? How the fuck am I funny? Oh,
0: my God. Here we go. Funny
1: like you're I Italian. fucking amuse you or something? Yeah, you do amuse me.
0: <laughs> I'm like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be so dumb, I'd be dead in that, that scene. Yeah, you're freak. Yeah, you <laughs> amuse me, man.
1: <laughs> so why don't you give the people your resume? I, I know it, but just, just go ahead. brag.: What do I got? Movies. Just, just break. What, just what do I got?
0: Fort? What do I got? Four movies? Got 14 comedy specials? Oh, you do? I got so many specials that people don't know because I've never had, like, the backing of a network. I kind of do it myself and release them. And luckily I got a good enough relationship with Showtime. Most of them have been on Showtime. I think I had four on BET, the rest on Showtime. I did two independently when I first got into business. So I don't think it's 14. Maybe it's 12. I don't know, but I just did my last two. My last two, I filmed one on Friday, and I did, so we did the show on Friday, right? And I just hired the camera crew. We're trying to shop it and sell it right now. So I did Friday, and I had the camera crew for the weekend. So I got the theater Saturday, too. So I was like, I talked to my manager. I said, I think I got another hour. So I filmed a whole different hour Saturday. So I hired a camera crew for one special. and basically got a two for one. So we're going to shop them both. Well, you know who's been a closed door? Everybody, but Showtime. It's weird. It's weird, mean? isn't it?
1: What do you mean?
0: We can't, I can't get traction outside of Showtime as far as I get my specials on the air. I'm saying if you wanna put your name on it, help me out.
1: You know there's a word that goes around? I'm that word. All right. Got it?
0: Looks like I'm going to TNT. <laughs> That's going to water it down and Then Barky's going to say Look how attractive this comedian we have on our show Ernie Ernie's way better looking than you That's going to be weird Thanks Shaq The so, only one safe is Kenny A
1: couple of weeks ago Cat went off And he, he said a lot of things Did he say anything about you?
0: He said I haven't crossed over He actually gave me props He said why do you think Gary Owen hasn't crossed over to mainstream in, as a black comedian, basically? And he basically said, because I haven't slept with a man or haven't sold my soul to the Illuminati.
1: Does that really go on in Hollywood?
0: I got hit on. I talked about it one time, but and people kept saying, I got hit on in an executive's office. and people you like, mean hit on? Huh?
1: Hit on like how?
0: Ooh, the guy was like, what's up? Did he touch you? No, that's why I didn't – the reason I did never – Did he grab you
1: like this or did no, he grab you nah. like this?
0: <laughs> no, he gave me a foot massage. <laughs> I was like this. What is going on right now? <laughs> it was weird. We were talking about a TV deal, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he had soft hands. But, no, the guy, like – the reason I won't say who it is is because he didn't cross the line. It, you're, it's okay to hit on people. It's okay, as long as you don't cross the line. I know it's awkward, but I, every man out there that's married to a woman, you hit on your wife to get her. So the way he was hitting on me, though, I was like, this,
1: okay, so what?" Okay, so what was his pickup line?
0: Is this, he asked me how much money I made. This is what he did. <laughs> how much money you make a year, Gary, right now? And I'm making a number up, Shaq, because this is freaking 18, 19 years ago. I was like, um, I just said like 50,000, right? And he goes, I can make you millions in a year. I said, what? He goes, I can make you a millionaire in less than a year. I was like, do it. And he was like, well, how hard do you want to work? I was like, I don't like the way you said hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. I was like, it's, and it's weird when it's happening to you in the moment. You're like this. Is this guy hitting on me? And you, literally you start looking around the room for exits. You're like, this is third floor. I can't jump out the window. The door is over here. I just was like... And then he was like, all right, man, we'll we'll get in touch. I ah, never heard from him again.
1: <laughs> so we we do this a lot in sports. You hit on people? No. Oh. Top five greatest players, top five, this, that. Give me your top five comedians ever. In any any genre, any era, give me your top five. Uh, Eddie Murphy. I'm gonna give you mine.
0: Sh- Eddie Murphy for sure. I'm gonna say some names that probably people aren't familiar with. Um Pablo Francisco. I don't know if you know who he was. He was back in the day.
1: Never heard of him, but go you, ahead. You've seen him, though. Nope, never heard of him.
0: He, went out, he was one of the few Latino guys that went up a Fat Tuesday. Never heard of him. All right. Uh, Mitch Hedberg.
1: Bro, who are these names?
0: It's, these are two guys. This okay. guy, right when he was popping, he died of a drug overdose. Got it. But, man, he was so, he was so good. He would piss you off because, you're like, how did you think of that? Because I remember one joke that's just so simple. He goes, why are – when escalators break down, why do they say they're broken down? They just are stairs. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? It was so simple. You know what I mean? Is that funny? Was, his delivery made That's it not funny. funny. It's That's so not funny. Fun. Stop it! It was so funny. Boo! No. Boo! Not my joke. <laughs> Where's the guy? When I need him, I need somebody to rub my feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the obvious one is Richard Pryor. Yes. And then, for me. Next is um, that's four, right? Probably George Carlin.
1: Right, my five is Eddie Murphy, yep, Richard Pryor, Mike Epps.
0: Really, that's interesting. I'm never gonna say somebody's wrong because comedy's subjective.
1: Cat Williams. Interesting. And my big man is Corey Holcomb. Interesting. I like I like Dirty. Raw jokes that nobody would ever think of. Yeah. Um, and, and that, so, you know, I know, like you said, it's subjective, but.
0: Yeah, y'all never, you're never gonna have me argue like that's wrong. I'm just like, whatever your favorite is, your favorite. And for me, when you ask me who my favorites are, I'm thinking, who's talking about something as a standard that I didn't think of? Because a lot of times with stand ups, we think alike. So you can see the joke coming. Corey like, does that. I know where this is going. And then we see the that. Corey does that a lot.
1: Yes, he does Corey, that.
0: Corey's best joke, since, since the stare one wasn't funny, and that's the only one I could think of off the top of my head for Mitch Hedberg, but it was his delivery. You got to see his delivery. He always wore glasses, had these long hair, looked like a surfer. Um, Corey's best joke, without question, is like, Hey, you ever fuck a fag, bitch? With skinny legs, yeah, yeah. the next morning she gets up and runs to the bathroom. You're like, I fucked the
1: wisdom tooth. Yeah, <laughs> <What's
3: like?
1: laughs> yeah him and Mike and Cat. Yeah, they. So is, well, I'm, is I'm glad a... you have him
0: on your show.
1: Is there, what there such fuck? A... Do I rank? Because, but hold on. Uh, no offense, but you're not ghetto enough for me. Hmm. I, I like ghetto, dirty stuff that people are not allowed to say. Stuff True. that people are scared to say
0: yeah like i'm more of a w2 comedian like
1: one of my favorite jokes where you was saying i'm married to a black person but i still can't say the n-word yeah that had me rolling yeah and for those who haven't seen it here it is right
0: here i'm a white person in my house i hear the n-word every day room to room i still can't say it and i'm paying a goddamn mortgage <laughs> That's just the rules. <laughs> Yo, that'd be crazy if black people change the rules one day. <laughs> just black people come out, all right, we don't give a shit, you can say it now. You'd have white guys walking around, hear the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Black people said we're allowed to say the N-word, we're clear, we're good, we're allowed to say it. Are you fucking shitting me right now? <laughs> Nah, we're approved. We're allowed. We can say it. We'll say it. Like that. You say it first.
1: Like that one. When I saw you do that, I was like, that was genius. Genius, 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 genius.
0: Yeah. That was the first the first time I saw you, and you probably don't remember this, was Christmas Eve nineteen ninety six. So you must you just got to LA. I just got that And it was a guy, Tori's Fat Tuesday. And I had been doing up like freaking six months. And they saw me in San Diego. They saw me in San Diego. And I went, um, they said, Hey, come to the comedy store. And I went up like first. And I had literally probably had 10 minutes to my name. And you know how that bow comes on in the back of the comedy store? I was about six minutes in. I go, where's that fucking bow? I was out of material. <laughs> I was like, I need that bow to light up. <laughs> and you walked in. I just went, what's up, Shaq? <laughs> and I had nothing to follow up. I was like, all right. <laughs> you did one of these. <laughs> but that night was crazy. I'd never even been to L.A. in the scene like that. So for me to go up that night and I saw you... I saw Keyshawn Johnson. He just was about to get drafted. Uh, I saw Vivica Fox. Like, I was like, I was in awe. I was like, what the fuck? So I got a great story about Richard Pryor at the Comedy Store, since he's one of your top five. So he, went up to, he came up one night on Fat Tuesday, and he sat in that little booth, and his guys was there, and everybody said, look, Richard's coming. No pictures with Richard. Everybody knew. Leave him alone. And he was, he was out of it, but he was still talking, right? So I go up, and the guy goes, Richard wants to meet you. And, you know, to me, that's like you're meeting the king, right? So I'm like, no way. So we go. I sit down with them, and he's in my ear. He goes, you're funny. You're funny. He goes, don't ever change. And I was like, all right. And he goes, can we get a pick? And I was like, yeah. I said, can, can I get a pick? Because they just asked me. And they go, yeah. there's four cell phones like that. I had to run to my car, which was parked like a block and a half at Pink's because oh, I didn't damn. want to pay for valet. I didn't have no money. Pink's, so I, park, I would park behind Pink's and get a Subway sandwich and put it in my truck since I, I got a receipt. I was able to park there, and I'd go do my set at the comedy store. So I run down there, grab a real camera, and when I came back in to get the picture, the security grandma, they said, "We told you, man, no pictures." I go, "No, he asked me for a picture." And Richard can't fucking talk, so he's just going. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm like, "Tell him." <laughs> so, so they let they realized he asked me for the picture. I get the picture right. Oh, here's, why
1: I'm laughing at this? Here's joke. where the story turns.
0: <laughs> so the whole time I'm in LA now, I'm like, "Man, Richard Pryor told me don't ever change." Richard Pryor. Fast forward about three years later. I'm watching Oprah. Monique's on Oprah. Oprah looks at Monique and goes, when did you know? When did you know like you had it? She goes, I was on stage one night and Richard Pryor was in the audience and he looked over at me afterwards. He told me to come. I sat down next to him. He put his arm around me and he said, don't change. Don't ever change. I said, that bitch took my Oprah story. <laughs> <laughs> and no offense, I would never call Monique out her name. But at that moment, Child I was like
1: Monique. I love you, baby. I know.
0: I was like this. Dude, that's my story. And now, <laughs> then it hit me. I go, oh, shit. Richard Pryor was just telling everybody don't change. So you had a bunch of hack-ass comics that's never right. changing the act. Because they're like, Richard Pryor told me I'm funny. I was like, that was probably his go-to on the way out. I'm going to fuck all these comics up. They're not gonna know. I'm telling terrible comedians don't ever change. But literally, I'm Shaq, I'm watching Oprah and I'm going, no, 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 no. That's my story. Cause I always thought I'd get on Oprah. And I was like this. She just took my whole story. And I'm sorry, I said, bitch. I didn't mean it like personally. I was just like, bitch, talk. you know how you're in the moment.
1: Right. Bitch right. took my
0: motherfucking Richard Pryor Oprah story. On Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Happens.
1: So I've seen most of your movies. If you if you could direct or be in any movie and pick the actors you want, how would that movie look?
0: Mm. I'd hire I'd hire nothing but comedians, and then just one a lister like a Denzel, a Tom Hanks, so he could be the normal guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Is there? When you see something, is there a joke you would not pull? I mean, like, because I would never. (laughs) (laughs) My question, do you talk about everything you see, no matter what?
0: Yeah, that's our job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of Dave Chappelle? I, I think he's brilliant.
0: Yeah, of course he's brilliant. I think Dave has become, he's transcended from comedian to dang near Bigfoot. There's sightings of them. And then people just get excited being in his presence. And that's what we always say about these, these comedians. It, like, like someone like Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle. You're talking about what well, we consider the top of the food chain right now. Whether you see their special and you're like, ah, I've seen better or whatever, you don't understand why they are where they are at until you're in their presence. And then when you're in their presence, you're like, I get it.
1: But what happened to the times where... Joke, offensive joke, derogatory joke. But it was a joke. People laughed and let it go. Now, if you say something, people are trying to get you canceled. They're trying to no, get your sponsorship no, taken away.
0: Shaq, it's not like that.
1: What do you mean it's not like that?
0: It's not. I'm telling you. Cancel culture.
1: They are going after Dave Chappelle every time he does those jokes.
0: But it doesn't matter. He's still selling out. He's still getting more specials.
1: I know and, that. But I'm, but I'm asking what happened to the time where people said, okay, this is in the joke category. He's not being serious. Let it go.
0: Well, here's what cancel culture is. It's a bunch of people on the internet that were never going to come see you live anyways. They were never going to come to a show. They were not there to support your career. And they're like, I don't like that joke. So I'm going to try to get everybody else not to go see them. And honestly, I think we're in a time now where now it's starting to shift again. Now people are like, no, like you said, I want the dirty, nasty stuff you're not supposed to talk about, live shows. Because I go to comedy clubs, theaters, I say whatever I want, and that's probably a big reason why they got these comedians now that say, don't pull out your cell phones. One, we don't want our stuff bootlegged. We're working on stuff. But another reason is you don't want a, a thought that <clears throat> is on the spur of the moment to get out on the internet. You're like, no, no, you weren't there, or you cut that off before right. I was able to clear it up. Right. Special needs people came after me a couple of years ago. I got a special needs cousin. I talked to Brad around my special, but I said the R word, and people went nuts on me. And I'm going... What you, you can't be talking about them. I didn't. I thought about my family. And Tina wasn't
1: mad. I said the uh, M word one time, and they, they came out to me. Said, you can't say it anymore. I said, well, first of all, I didn't know. You're black? <laughs> <laughs> Little people.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's. I Little people. I'm clearly not going to get a half and half deal. I'm not getting that sponsorship out of this. So I'm going to drink my coffee black.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. You know what's crazy about this mother? He always been like this. That was in '96.
0: You know what's funny is like, there's a there's a girl I know in LA, cool chick, and she I she used to tell me like, I used to mess with this guy in the NBA, and she would never tell me who. And I never. I not like I was prying, but you when she, when they kind of bring it up, they kind of want to tell you. But then they act like, I don't want to tell you. Right. And I said, who? And she was telling me that there was a dude and they said he, he kind of shifts back and forth and he likes, <laughs> he likes toys. And I go, who are you talking about? <laughs> well, guess who it was. It's was like, oh, my God. And I'll be texting her now like, your boy, your boy. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, okay. That's why he liked it in the post.
1: <laughs> Cut. <coughs> oh, oh my god, your ass is crazy. Has anybody ever offended you with a joke like, like made you mad to to the point where you say, okay, I'm gonna get them back. I'm gonna get them back. Nope. Never. We
0: can't be offended. We we can't. Here's the thing about stand-up. I hate it when people try to force us to be mad at somebody, force us to, you know, not like. I'll I'll give you an example. So when my brother passed away, he passed away of a heroin overdose, right? A week later, Saturday Night Live had a sketch where they were making fun of heroin addicts. And people started tagging me like, you don't see this? You're not going to go on Saturday Night Live? And I was like, no, because that's how they act. And if my brother was alive, he'd be laughing at that because all the shit they did in that sketch I went through with my brother. I was like, oh. I said, they're accurate. I said, you guys are making it sound like SNL said, oh, Guerrero's brother just died? All right, let's do this sketch right now.
1: That's not what happened. My favorite comedy moment is we're doing a Shaq roast. I think we were roasting Emmitt Smith and the Cowboys. I know where you're going. And we're having a meeting. And Doug Williams just comes out of nowhere. And we're talking, you know, we're talking about the lineup. And Doug Williams kept saying, put me on Shaq. I was like, hold on, man. Put me on, cause you know, like I like to, you know, put like you know comedians on. Put me on, Shaq. And I'm like, hold on, man, I'm in the meet right now. And he says, I'm funnier than that motherfucker, Jamie Fox. And Jamie said, What? You heard me. I'm funnier than you. So Jamie said, Put him on. I, I, I've never seen him. Never knew who he was. Jamie said, Put him on. So we put him in the lineup. And his first three jokes didn't go well. And Jamie went in. If you haven't seen the clip, here it is right here.
3: Is he right now? We're here for Emmett Smith. Do you have any change hey. for him tonight? Got a to, I Got everybody out of the way.
2: I need to. I want to say this to Emmett Smith, man. I'm your conscience.
3: It is a pleasure. Man, it sure did get hot in here. Am I fucking up right now? I'm your conscience. I really don't need to be up
2: here right now. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck
0: I was thinking.
2: Your brother stop making money. You can't tell him shit. <laughs> I'm your car. All right. I wish I was in a movie
3: with Jamie. <laughs> Maybe right 48 that. hours. You are
2: right about that.
3: 72 hours.
2: In fact, I don't know. In fact, nigga, I need a cosigner. Can you cosign on the car for me?
3: I just did another joke that didn't go over. i <laughs> <On> your conscience. <laughs> maybe I should say something nice about Emmett and wrap it up. <laughs> or maybe I should talk about how black people have to struggle. Yeah, that'll get them on
0: my side. Thank you very much,
3: Jamie
1: Foxx. Thank you. I I needed the help. I appreciate it. That right there was my most funny, and that was the most time I was embarrassed. I've
0: never heard of anything in my Stephen A. Smith voice so egregious. (laughs) As How dare you say that you're funnier than Jamie (laughs) Foxx. Hold on. (laughs) Nobody better ever say you're funnier than Jamie Foxx. Because I'll say, I know we did our top five stand-ups, but I'm talking top five people just in the room. It's hard to top Jamie Foxx.
1: Yeah, he's one of the most talented people I've ever met. Sing. He's All the right. most talented yeah, person is. I've ever met. Yeah, he is.
0: You know what I mean? All he, right, put, brother. he put me in my first movie.
1: I know you, uh, you got to go check on your apartment, which you had a squatter in.
0: I got nothing to do, dude. I got people working for me. What do you do?
1: <laughs> <I> want <laughs> to do? I want you to show us a video of the dude that was squatting in your house.
0: Okay. You know Tony? Do you know Tony?
1: Here it is right here.
0: Man, you the squatter.
1: You live in here? Nah, but my man
2: who had the house, he just been putting stuff in though. I wasn't squat. I, I stayed here in the county.
1: Well, how you got your
2: stuff in our house? You know Tony? Did nah, you? we don't know Tony. Oh, well, he the one who gave me the key to the door, Let me put the stuff in there. Man, nah, nobody should have his key, man. Oh, I didn't know he gave okay. Well, it. Okay. Well, yeah, we're gonna be demoing the house, so, you know, we here. If you don't mind just getting your stuff out, yeah. man, we'll that keep it fine. moving. All right. I guess the good news is at least you came before we tore the house down to get your stuff out, man. Yeah. It is what it is, man. It 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 was like they it was like, it, it was like I, it'd be cold to hell yeah. outside. But know, I got heat of just levels yeah. I got you. You the squatter
3: landlord? (laughs) That's a new one. (laughs)
2: Hey, only in Atlanta will you have
1: a squatter landlord. He the squatter landlord. That's a new one. All right, brother, thank you. I'll talk to you soon, brother.
0: Thank you, man. Yeah!
1: in the post.